Hello, and welcome to episode 263 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. Emotions are an integral part of the human experience, and yet they can cause all kinds of havoc at work. We are not always sure when or how it's okay to be emotional or how to respond to other people's emotions or how to keep these strong feelings from interfering with our work and relationships. So today we dive deep into the realm of emotional management. But first, a warm welcome to Troy H., Mark S., and Nezreen B. to the Modern Manager community. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. If you have been listening for a long time, you know that membership is one of the easiest ways to support the show and invest in yourself. I know that podcasts are a major part of my own professional development, so I've designed the member benefits to help you learn and retain more of what you're hearing so that you can more easily take action to apply what you've learned. Check out the benefits of membership, which start at $5 per month at themodernmanager.com join. Today's guest is Jen Hope. Jen is an accomplished leadership coach with over a decade of experience in helping entrepreneurs and tech leaders thrive. With her unique process that utilizes data to create deeper levels of self-awareness, Jen is committed to promoting compassion and kindness while teaching highly effective research-backed tools and frameworks to help clients achieve their goals. Jen and I talk about emotions and their impact on us, how we can process our emotions, the integration of emotional and rational thinking, strategies for staying calm and moving forward when your emotions spike, and so much more. Now here's the conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jen. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation because we're going to be talking about emotions and emotional regulation and a bunch of related stuff. And emotions are one of my, I would say, like weak spots in the sense that my husband always jokes that I am dead on the inside and that I don't have emotions. So I feel like this is like a really good opportunity for me to kind of stretch a little in this conversation. So um, thank you again for, for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much. I think my husband would probably say I'm opposite. Ah. <laughs> I am I am full of the emotions. So cool. I'm excited. All right. Well, maybe that's a good place to start with. Like, just <laughs> what are, are these things we call emotions? And what do we know about how some people have more of them or less of them? Is that what's going on? Or kind of why is it that we have these different experiences of emotions? Yeah. So I think what I think of when I think of emotions are the way that we get physical sensation in the body that tells us something about the way that our body is reacting to input, right? Thoughts, experiences. And from there, I think about emotions being the way that we have language to explain what we're experiencing, right? So for, for many of us, right, depending on where we grew up, how we grew up, we're kind of versed in like, happy, mad, sad, or angry, those kind of simple terms. And there is so many more words to describe our experience day to day. And part of the emotional education is getting a sense of of what those are and getting a sense, even in our physical body of, Hey, I'm got, you know, I've got an input. Now I'm having a reaction somewhere in my, in my chest, in my shoulders when our, and our hackles come up or our heart starts beating quickly. That's, that's kind of getting the, that, that emotional education on for ourselves of not just what emotions are, but how they then impact 
our thoughts and our reactions and our physical being. So in your experience, do you think that some people are just less sensitive to those inputs and so their body isn't responding and they're not getting the emotional reactions? Do you see that people are just better able to control or respond or name what it is that they're feeling and therefore they don't seem as, quote, emotional or something else? I mean, it seems... Like I, when you're in the workplace, right, you can say one thing and three different people can have a completely different emotional outward reaction that doesn't always yeah. make sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's a framework called dialectical behavioral therapy. And in this framework, they talk about the emotional mind and what they call either reasonable or rational mind. And then the center overlap of wise mind where we're doing like intuitive thinking and balancing the emotional mind and balancing the rational mind and living a mindful experience. So there is certainly research that suggests that some of us have this more rational tendency and some of us have more emotional, uh, a more emotional mind. And I think we can break that down. Even if you think of something like a Myers-Briggs, which not to say that I'm a fan of that, but they give us thinking and feeling as two different strategies that folks use. So I've certainly seen it. And I work with folks kind of on both ends of that spectrum. Yeah. I mean, I love Myers-Briggs actually as a tool for just understanding differences, right? Not to say that it is prescriptive or that it is the only tool or that it's completely scientifically proven because I know it has lots of questions around it. But as a tool for giving us language and understanding differences, I think it's a really helpful tool to see how someone who kind of emphasizes or leans in or prefers this kind of rational side can have a different relationship with their emotions than someone who might lean or prefer into the feeling side. And that that's all acceptable. It's just different. Absolutely. I I use a a tool called DISC quite a bit in my work where I teach workshops and and do one-on-one work as well with individuals. And one of the things that comes with DISC, which has dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance, is this idea of of influence where we can have folks who by their own definition or their own description, they would describe themselves as deeply analytical, very objective. Other folks can sometimes experience them as as negative or they see them as almost pessimistic and quite opposite, right? We've got folks who have, you know, can be high influence and they can be over-trusting or over-optimistic, right? And that's the experience that the others have in working with them. And that is, again, there's there's that there's that emotion there of trust that, that is on that spectrum that says, I can be quite trusting or I can be quite analytical, quite objective and looking at potential risks and, and their strengths, right? All of them being strengths, none of these being areas where we're doing it right or wrong. They're just different ways that that our minds and our bodies process information. Yeah, I think that's so important to say because I feel like it is not uncommon to feel like emotions don't belong at work or that showing emotion or having an emotional reaction is automatically a negative. And I think there are times where too much emotion can be a negative or can make things more complicated, but it doesn't mean that the opposite of like, we should have no emotions is really the answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's what we do with it, right? Is it's it's how we process it. Can we be the person? And this is so important when we talk about emotion regulation, who applies a skillfulness to our emotion where we can say, oh, there's the reaction. I can feel it in my body. Now here's where I turn on some additional skills that say, 
I have a way of processing this for myself that keeps me pretty level. I, I know that as I'm having a conflict or even just a just a debate, that I can stay pretty level. I can I can take a couple deep breaths before I react to the next thing or even respond to the to the next thing that someone's saying. Or I can sit with my fingers under the table and do a little bit of finger tapping, right? We're connecting our thumb and each one of our fingers to get all parts of our brain online. So we can we can stay present to what's happening and 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 empathetic to this other person's position, almost regardless of of our feelings about it, to say there's something here that that this person is 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 true in what they're saying. Let me find, let me find that and let me stay stay with them in this moment versus kind of go against one another. And those are some of the skills that we build for ourselves. So we stay calm or in that in that that realm of calm where our, our brain is still online. Yeah. I mean, I love those examples you just gave around like how to stay grounded and connected and not let yourself become overwhelmed by or taken over by whatever is happening in your body and in your brain that's making it feel like conflict or whatever that big emotion might be. And I'm wondering if you can walk us through kind of what are, what's the process or the, where these different skills can fit in? Because it sounded like the first skill is actually just acknowledging what you're feeling. And you mentioned earlier that we don't necessarily have good language for that. So can you start us from maybe that early stage into how do we kind of get to the end result of being, quote, cool, calm, and collected so that we can yeah. we can really do the best work and be the best person in that moment. Yeah. So in my experience, it starts with self-reflection. And it is being in a position where we can have some deeper insight into our own thoughts, emotions, and, and patterns of behavior. So in that situation, we're, we're kind of examining our own experiences, right? We're taking them, we're learning from them, and then we're able to make more informed decisions in the future. So the, the example that we gave, right? I, I, I'm in a meeting and I start to feel myself like blowing my lid. Well, what's really important is noticing way early in the conversation, hmm, I'm noticing that I'm starting to get a little bit sweaty. My face is starting to turn warm, right? I am uncomfortable in my seat, right? So that's that's step one. I mean, even I think if we go even a further step back to your point earlier, accepting that we all have emotions, maybe for some folks is the first point mm-hmm. to say, like, I am not dead inside. I accept I have emotions. And 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 sometimes they get the best of me. Sometimes they get the best of me and I didn't see it coming. Sometimes they get the best of me and I totally saw it coming <laughs> and I could have done something differently. And And so maybe we start there and then we say, okay, in the moment, I'm going to accept something's happening. I may or may not know what it is, and I may or may not have a skill to apply in the moment. But I have this self-reflection that says, oh, something's up. So that's like first place. What do you think of that as a starting point? Do you think that's folks are doing that as a starting point? Well, I think it's I think it's absolutely right. And even your kind of pre-starting point of like accepting that you have emotions. And I feel like that is sometimes the work I need to do to remind myself that emotions are not bad and that it is okay to feel something and to even explore that feeling as opposed to being like what I tend to do, which is that's not helpful. Feelings go away. I have things to take care of right now. Right. But to say, oh, no, it's okay. Let me let me welcome that in and let me sit with it and reflect on it and understand it so that I can be better in this moment as opposed to shoving it aside and trying to ignore it because I have more important things to do. So I think both of those are the right 
kind of first step, right? And and then it sounds like some of this language and naming to help us get beyond, well, I'm feeling angry, but into, well, what type of anger or what, like what's, what's the texture under there maybe is a way to say it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was so when you're saying that we try to, lots of different things we can compartmentalize. I hear often folks, we talk about this, this idea of having like a, like a filled up beach ball and we're trying to push it under the water. And like what we know about that to be true is that like, as much as we push it down, it's coming back up and we're getting water on the face, right? That's kind of how folks think about if we're going to stuff, stuff down the emotions or try to push them to the side, generally they're coming back, right? They're coming back. They may come out sideways they may come back in our body. They may stick with us. And it depends on the strategies that we have for closing that stress cycle, right? Are we someone who has a meditation practice or rides their bike 30 miles to, to help close the stress throat loop or is having a de-stressing conversation? It really depends. Okay. What do we do with it too? So we have the experience. <laughs> we have the thing where if we try to push it down, it's coming back up unless we have a strategy to close some of the cycle of I've experienced an emotion, I've felt it in my body as stress. And stress can mean lots of different things, right? It can be a challenging conversation, a concerning conversation where we've got some stress about somebody who's working on our team, who's going through something either personally or professionally that's quite challenging. We're taking in all of these inputs. And I think some of the next pieces is some self-accountability to say, okay, how do I foster an environment for, for myself that I both am Understanding that the emotions will happen, my body will take them on as, as some version of stress, and then I have a way to be either skillful in the moment or I'm adding new skills to that toolkit, and then I'm also closing that stress cycle where I have a way to not just accept that the emotions are going to come, but have a way to move through them and and burn off some of of what we take on in a day, a week, a month, a year. Yeah, I'm actually thinking of an experience I just had this week with a client who was being so micromanagey to me and I was like fuming and I like exploded at my husband about this client, not at him for anything he did, but just like, can you believe this client was doing this and this and this and this? And I feel so demoralized and feel like they just, I'm like, why did they even agree to work with me if they were just going to not trust me to do my job? And even just like that venting out and getting to that realization of, ah, they have touched on a core piece of me that is sensitive, that I need I need people to trust me that I'm going to do my job and I'm good at my job. And that's why you're working with me. And when you make me feel like I'm not good at that or you don't trust that I'm going to follow through, like it irks and it hurts. But to have that outlet to know that all I actually needed to do was say that out loud and name it and have somebody listen to me and say, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then I was okay. So whatever that process is, like I sat with it all day long feeling so horrid until I got home and was able to like clear it out of my system. Yeah. And that's how we we go from that kind of, you're describing what I, I in my mind, I'm thinking of like a dysregulated kind of position throughout the day, right? We've got the thing, it's swirling, it's swirling in our minds. We can tend to spend too much time on it in our heads. And I don't yes. know if this happens to you, this happens to, to me. And I, I definitely hear it from others where if you're having a conversation with someone who's not in the room, 
Yes. What are we doing? Right? Like I can imagine you maybe that day, like having a conversation with this client, like, I can't believe you don't trust me. Right. And you hired me, let me do what I was supposed to do. And and thinking through all of the arguments maybe of like, why (laughs) does that, does that sound familiar? Yes, it's exactly. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to say to them the next time I get them on the call. And like, just totally going through all of that and then trying to like reflect on like, what did I do to make them feel this way? Was it my fault? Right. And then going into that, oh, that cycle of the emotions of self-doubt and then circling back to the like, no, this is not my fault. Right. All of that, which is a huge waste of energy. So to to bring us back around to the the skills, what are some of the skills and approaches or strategies that we can use when we catch ourselves in that spinning, in that whirlwind? I think the first one, this is like the the, the that key moment is naming to tame, right? Like name to tame where we catch it and say, oh, I am upset. I'm hurting. This was painful. This was stressful. Catching it in that moment. Cause I wonder what it would have been like for you in that moment to say, oh gosh, this really hurts. Right? Like, ouch, ouch, ouch. This really sucked. That was a difficult, what all of these things. And this is really painful in the moment. If we can say like, oh, buddy, or oh, friend, or whatever we say to ourselves, like, this is a really rough moment. Because I think what I hear from folks is so often like, this shouldn't be happening, right? We're going to push it away. We're going to say like, this person shouldn't be doing what they're doing, or they should be trusting me, or this should be different. Or if I had done something different, this wouldn't be happening, right? We kind of get into this, like, coulda, shoulda, all the things we should have done differently versus like our experience as human and people's struggle sometimes. What do you, do you, do you, what do you think of like in the moment, somebody applying like, wow, I'm struggling. This, this is a moment of struggle. What do you think? I think it's really an incredible challenge to do that. And it probably is really powerful when you can, right? And to be able to be vulnerable to yourself and say like, ouch, I'm angry and this sucks. I hate feeling this way. And like, this is human and it's okay to feel this way. And it's not because I did something wrong. And it's not because the other person's a terrible person. And it just is what it is. And let me like sit with it and name it and then figure out what to do with it so it doesn't consume me. Yeah. Yeah. And that we have that tendency too, where if we can stop the the tendency to layer on of like, yeah, and she's terrible and I'm terrible. And this is the word like versus like, oh, this is a rough conversation. This is a rough moment and we're going to get through it. Right. Like I have the skills to get through it. I, I know that I've been able to turn this around or this is a struggle and some days are struggles and some days are not. Versus like compartmentalize and be like, don't feel, don't feel. Because like I said, you know, that, that, that comes back. Also, I wonder too, like for some folks when we have those difficult conversations, it's the thing we do next too. Do we go on Instagram or do we just go back to our inbox? Or do we like tape the lap around the building or go for a quick walk for, with ourselves and name five things that we see in our environment to get our brain back online a little bit more quickly. That's one of those things. I have, I am a Pelotoner. I have a Peloton and there's a coach on there who calls a, an emotional lap. And so I really try to encourage folks, like we have one of those difficult conversations. See if you can take that emotional lap. See if you can give yourself a lap around to, to calm down versus letting it 
fit and trying to move on to the next thing, heading for distraction instead of even a, a cup of tea or something that's kind of pushing us the other direction versus spinning ourselves up. I think that is such an important step that we probably miss way too often because our days are so full and we have so many things to do and we are probably very good at distraction, but not so good at clearing, right? Not so good at creating space and just letting something go. And we kind of go, okay, I'll just get over this by like doing something else. But sometimes the doing of something else can actually make it worse because it doesn't give our our bodies time to process. Mm-hmm. I know even with my husband, when he gets upset and he's way more emotional than I am, that he will say to me half an hour later, he's like, I'm not angry anymore, but my body is still angry. He's like, so I'm going to say something and I don't mean to, to come out the wrong way because he knows that his rational brain is like past the discussion we just had, but his body is still holding it. And he Mm -hmm. needs to like physically get it out, like by taking a walk. I'm actually going to encourage that for him going forward that like, yeah, go move your body and help get that out. Let it clear out. There's other things too. Like if you drink an ice cold glass of water through a straw, that's another way that like we can help ourselves like in that, some of that moment, we start to change some of our body temperature. Cause if we're having those conflict moments, our body physically heats up, right? It's telling our senses like, okay, time to fight, right? So we get in that that truly not just emotionally heated, but physically heated position. And so the cooling down aspect of like, get a, get a tall glass of water and, and drink it through a straw, even like a kind of put a little bit of cold, ice cold water, like on your hands and put it on your cheeks. Like some of that stuff that we can do to cha- even change some of our body temperature. If, you know, if a walk's not possible, hopefully a two minute run to the refrigerator or the water station (laughs) to get a glass of water is. So if you've got to get to the next thing, maybe you can help yourself by even 60 seconds of breathing in in a really intentional way where we're getting we're getting longer exhales than we are inhales. That can help to get us back online. So it is, it's a it's some of the like in the moment acute little ways. If you if you can't find, you know, if a walk is not possible in that moment, then we can insert some of these other skills here to get back online. Because yeah. I think that's what I hear him saying. Like I I think my rational brain is back online, but body still hot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Coming in hot. Yeah. Yes. We joke that there's like a half-life to the body anger or like the body emotions. And so it just takes longer for it to to go away. So I love these these tips. I want to shift a little bit and talk about how we can support our team members when they are the one that is having this emotional experience. Because I have definitely been on the other side of the table where I'm talking with someone Maybe saying something that could be triggering, but also could just be having a conversation that I'm totally not really expecting to be so sensitive. And the reaction is so huge. And the risk, like the way to then try to like help them becomes this weird thing of like, do I say you're overreacting? Do I say like, maybe we should take a break? Do I say like, I'm noticing you're having some emotions? The response to someone else's emotions is another place that I feel like we are underprepared for as managers? Yeah, that's one of those areas where often what I hear from folks is that what they're looking for is for someone to say in a way that is is authentic to them, like, this kind of sucks, right? Like what, what we're doing right now or this 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 feeling that they're experiencing, like I, I have a sense that maybe this is challenging or can you tell me what's happening right now, right? Or if you can get them to start naming some of their experience, like, we can be with them and say like, oh yeah, you know, I don't know, the, the feedback might be, 
I never feel like I'm doing good. I never feel like I'm doing good enough. Or I, no matter how hard I work, I, I can't succeed, right? Like whatever, whatever that story is. And we've all been there. We know that if we touch some of those vulnerable places, it, that's, that's close enough to the story that makes us feel shame or not good enough or, or connects to some other challenge that we've had in our life or difficult experience. When we get close, we know we've, we've touched, you know, what I sometimes call like live wires unintentionally, right? But it's real. What they're experiencing is real. So starting from that point of saying, wow, this may seem like an overreaction to me, but something happened, right? And that that I do know is real. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an amazing thing to be able to like pull yourself to a place where you can have empathy for the person sitting across from you and to feel comfortable enough to acknowledge their emotions. And I have definitely been in a meeting where a woman started crying silently and I saw what was happening and I was like, this was way early in my career. And I was like, I don't know what to do with that. So I'm just going to pretend like I didn't see it and not look at her the entire rest of the meeting. I have no idea why she was crying. I didn't go over to her afterwards to inquire. She left the room when everyone else left the room. And I didn't see her again for like two months because it was just, I was a consultant on the team. I was as a contractor on the team, not a major team member. And I remember for like days afterwards how I was disappointed in myself for not going, at least going over to her afterwards and saying, hey, I just, I noticed that that was a really emotional experience for you. I just wanted to check in and see if you're okay. But I didn't know what to do. I was like young and inexperienced and not feeling empowered and for whatever reason. So just to be able to acknowledge someone's emotions and to be comfortable in having that conversation, I think is huge. Yeah. Are you doing okay? Do you want to talk about it? Like what what would support look like? Right. Like some of those like pretty open-ended, <laughs> there isn't necessarily a responsibility to 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 do the caretaking because we don't know. But what about just the human to human question that says like, hey, would 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 you is there something that would feel like support? Again, to your point, like you want to do a quick chat and and kind of blow off some steam. Those can be those can be the places that those open ended ways that we can say, "I'm here." Should you want? Should you want a listening ear? Yeah. Well, and then I guess there's like the kind of sadness, embarrassment side of the emotions, and then there's the like heated, angry side of emotions, and I feel like they can be very different to respond to. And I'm thinking of another meeting I was in where the room, it felt like you could, like the the static electricity was like going to make the room explode. Everyone was so angry at each other. And in that meeting, thank goodness, it wasn't actually me. Again, I was still very young. Someone else said, I think this would be a really good time for us to take a break. And it was like not, it, it was just like, one person kind of like interrupting and saying, I think we need to take a break at this point. And like, let's all come back here in 10 minutes. And that just totally shifted everything without even acknowledging, guys, we're like not, we're all here on the same team, but just somehow getting us to say, basically acknowledge what we were all feeling and take that break was tremendously helpful. I mean, how many times if you're in relationships with you know, friends or a partner or do we get past a point where we know it's productive, like we're, we're past productive, right? <laughs> and and sometimes naming that. And to the point about your, your, your husband, it, it takes 20 minutes for our brain to get back online. So 
if we're all beyond and have kind of flipped our lids, then we need 20 minutes to get back online. Cool. Let's take that. Yes. All right. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. I feel like we've just barely even gotten to the tip of the iceberg on all this, but we have to say goodbye. So, Jen, can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss? I worked for a a fantastic leader in a startup organization who I think really blended what we're talking about well with somebody who cared deeply and was very comfortable sharing with the folks around her how much she both cared about the organization and the team and did a really good job being being a leader who was was a, a definitely a deep thinker, highly analytical, but really balanced that the the feeling side of, of her strengths as well and showed up in a way that was in, incredibly wise, really changed the culture of the organization as well, but going from what I would call probably leaning too far on the analytical side and was able to bring a whole other relational skill set that balanced out the executive team and and really changed the I think a lot of the future of the organization to rely a lot more on the the relational side of of our work. And it was absolutely dreamy being being on her team. Amazing. And where can people learn more about you and keep up with your work? Yes. So they can find me at heygenhope.com. It's H-E-Y-J-E-N hope.com. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. Hey, Jen Hope. Amazing. Well, thank you again for coming on and at least helping me get some new skills for how to manage emotions for myself and maybe for my husband and for my team. So thank you. Thank you. Jen is offering a massive discount on her one-on-one coaching. Members can purchase two Accelerate Your Growth Strategy sessions with Jen to help you overcome a specific leadership challenge and find a strategic, creative solution. These discounted coaching sessions are available to patron-level members of the Modern Manager community, which includes participants in the Skills Accelerator. To join, go to themodernmanager.com slash join. Plus, you'll get the extended interview where Jen and I talk about how we can set ourselves and others up for success when we know a conversation is likely to be emotionally charged. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R dot com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at MamieKS.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes, and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.